here. I didn't actually look at this beforehand. And how that's how we begin this episode of Restless. 31. 31, that's half, well, no, third third life crisis. Well, maybe. Welcome to Restless. I'm Father Joseph Gill, along with Diane, Lauren, Paul, and I'm the old man in the group. You are the oldest. And uh, we young adults, I think we're still technically young adults. Yes. Maybe, I, I don't know. What, what is young adults? It's your age plus one. I thought it was just you're single. <laughs> single in the church. You are, plus one. That, that's that's, know, that the, works that's, the that's funny. Yep. Because I've heard 39 like is 20, the end. 20 to like 35, 36. 35. Oh, that's it? New York is 39. I would say 39. 39? Yeah. I'm going to go with that. World Youth Day, I think, is up to 39, isn't it? Yes. No? See, Man, that never made so. any sense to me. Like, when I first heard World Youth Day, I'm like, I'm not a youth. You know? I know. Yeah, I'm you like, think it's for teenagers. At the time, I was like, I'm but 28. Right? No. Can we used to send high school students? Uh, yeah, we used to send high school students, like 16 and up. Now it's like, no, 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 no go. Oh, okay. A lot of Virtus issues, youth protection issues mm. there. Mm. All mm. that stuff. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, Such a drag, frankly. Yeah. But trying to do just fun things with kids, like take them hiking. Yeah. No, gotta For those of us who in. do youth group stuff, that's all I'm saying. Definitely. Yeah. So we are, we are all in our 30s, all of us. And young 30s. Young 30s. Thir- well, you guys are. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not so much. <laughs> 38 is not that old, but... Um, well, you so, look very young. Yeah, you do. That's and great. you act super young. I mean, if you guys could see Father Joseph right now, he AKA cut up his immature. face because of hiking on a trail, and he took a tumble. <laughs> He's all cut that's up. That's kind of that like what a child would do, right? Or an old or man. Old man. <laughs> old yeah. men also fall and <laughs> hurt themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I got up, and everyone's like, you have a concussion. I'm like, I don't have a concussion. You must have a concussion. Not really. It's okay. They start taking the flashlight in your eyes. Yo, the, well, this like, random guy who had it was not with our group came up on the trail when right after I fell, and he's like, "You better not drive home, man. You're not safe to do this." I'm like, um, "Yeah, I'm. I don't know you. I'm fine." I drove home. I was you're fine. tough. Yeah, I don't know about you, but like when I was a kid, I got a bunch of concussions and nobody cared. It was in the '90s. Well, that's not good. I mean, I remember <laughs> I was playing tackle football, got knocked out for a whole half hour. You should probably go get checked out. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think they were probably a little stricter with us. Really? Yeah. I never did anything. I mean, did you get any concussions? No. I can't really remember like youth sports, but certainly like I've been trained in like concussion protocol just for being in a league. Yeah. Like in a frisbee league, they just a couple of basic things like what you need to do. They need to stop playing immediately, right? Try yeah. to get them in the shade. Like go sit down. They should be water. yeah. Stay um, awake. Analyzed by somebody who is a professional, right? Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, so this is the time. This is the show on concussions. <laughs> if anyone, if anyone, uh, if anyone's picking up. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. So the whole point is that uh, you know, as we are in our thirties and we're kind of approaching midlife, it's hard to like ten years from now we're all going to be in our forties. So is that midlife, or do we right. consider fifty midlife? Well, when my mom turned forty, we had like black balloons and like the I think the cake black was shaped, balloons. The cake How was depressing. shaped like a tombstone. What? I remember that. Oh yeah, it was a surprise. Was that party. your dad's like sick joke? <laughs> he was two years younger. I know so plenty possibly. of people in their like lower forties who are just young and you know I, I don't Hip know. And cool. I think yeah. people just stay younger for much longer than they ever did before. Yeah, but you know what? The older we get, the younger forties looks. That's true. When That's I was true. twelve, forty was like half dead. That's true. I always <laughs> thought thirties was super but old. And you then lived- now they're in. I'm like, I still feel like a baby. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> But time has certainly changed, you know, like just even the hairstyles, like women used to have old lady hairstyles when they were 35. That's true. That's, That's not true. the case anymore. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can take care of ourselves better. Like there's there's more of an emphasis, which is probably not a good thing, but on how we look. So people are going to the gym and dyeing their hair and, yeah. you know, doing everything to stay looking as young as possible for as long as possible. Not eating Twinkies and lard. Mm. I know when my dad turned 53 or just about, he bought a uh, a turbocharged Mini Cooper, red, bright red with black racing stripes. So that was the midlife crisis. That was something. Wow. Yep. Wow. That was I, a fun car to drive, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't recall my parents going through a midlife crisis. Yeah, they didn't really have one. That's the closest. Let's I see. Know. I would say my parents had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of kidding, but... It's a midlife accident. I don't know. Well, no, he was always, like, wanted, you know, which I never knew. I always thought our family was set with just two kids because my brother is only 15 months younger than me. And, like, on my dad's side, all the other families, it's four kids, four kids, three kids, four kids. I'm like... Why can't we have more kids? But I just thought our family was set. And so I would wish, because I didn't even know I could pray about it, that a baby would be left on our front door. Like when I was five, six, I'd be like, please okay, I was let there say, be like, a baby. Johnny was born when left. he was 14. I hope yeah. you know by then. People, please let a baby be left on <laughs> the, the door. Babies are not left on the doorstep. <laughs> no, yeah. I just wanted someone to leave a baby at our house so I could have a sibling. Because oh. I just didn't know. And then, yeah, it just took that time, right? You know, it's it's not always instantaneous. So in in God's time, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. then Johnny was born. It was awesome. I mean, then my parents did everything again. Like, you know, raised a baby to well, he's you know, 19 now. I definitely think that keeps you younger. You oh, know? Well, people tell me all the time that my parents look so young. They do. So they do. <laughs> Yeah, they do. They look very young. And if you're listening to this. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> Please I'm know sure they'll appreciate the, the compliment. But no, we had a when I was chaplain of Trinity High School, we had a, a kid who was 15 and his dad was 88. What? His mom was like 53. It was like a trophy wife th- situation. But I mean, I mean, the dad drove a like a you know convertible, and he was like the coolest 88 year old I've ever met. And he was like spry and healthy because when you have a 15 year old, you have to be spry and healthy. Like, mm-hmm. So I think kids do Look keep you that. younger. Yeah. Can't age as fast. Man, so many people don't want to have kids anymore. You know, that's like totally like. The current trend, right? Yeah. Dual income, no kids, because people have been fooled into thinking that's their happiness, and kids are a burden. Yeah. But they're only aging themselves. Kids beyond missing out on the the great gift of like bringing a child into the world. Yeah. You know. I mean, I did. I I would say that in my early to mid to late ish twenties. Uh, I'm just I'm gonna be 32 in, in a couple of months. I don't know when this is gonna be airing, but maybe I'm 32 already. So, <laughs> congratulations to me. Happy um, birthday, Paul! Thanks. Uh, so I was kind of like that. I was extremely career focused. All I wanted to know was how fast can I move in my career because that's what I thought I had to do. Mm. That's it. You're, you're like you've kind of downshifted that a bit. Um, well, I got there a little <laughs> bit. Like I, I accomplished my goal, and so then I started focusing on other things. But, um, but yeah, I mean that, and that that was probably not the best idea. I probably could have not been as focused and gotten to the same place though. Mm. Um, but that's that was that was my only that was one of my only ambitions because it's it just I don't know this what I was trained to do. Yeah. Well, how do you guys feel about like like moving out of the young adult period? Is it kind of like I can't wait for this next stage of life, or is it like I kind of wish I could keep my youth forever. I mean, I'm kind of happy where where I'm at. You just go with the flow, you know. Like I don't, I don't think it's good to be 
overly thinking about the future, you know, because the future may never happen. And often it doesn't turn out the way that you expect it to. So there's no point in sort of like pining for things that, and this is something that I've had to learn the hard way, pining for things that you don't have because at the end of the day, it's like whatever God's will is, is going to make like fulfill you. And the excitement is kind of in like discovering what that is, but like living the sacrament of the present moment present moment because mm. I think a lot of people are either like so focused on the f- past or so focused on the future that you know you kind of forget the gifts of just you know like being here right now um so yeah so I mean there's a time and a season for everything I mean I'm sure yeah older adulthood would be uh you know I, mean, I don't I don't want to go back to my 20s no I don't either and there's they a lot fun, of things like yeah there's a lot of things that like I've learned ne- like I'm so happy now of like just wouldn't want to go back to where I was mentally and spiritually and, you know, in my 20s, even though it was, you know, prime time of youth. Well, I have the opposite. I I think I don't want to go back to the way I was when I was in my 20s, but I wish I could go back and do things differently than how I was in my 20s, especially my late 20s. Yeah. Um, That's something that I, I I don't know, it's regret or something, but. And I wonder if that's part of what the midlife crisis is all about. It's like regretting wasted youth, you know, or. Well, I think for a lot of people, it's kind of like I think what Paul was saying. I have a colleague who I'm very close to who's like 10 years older than me, and he's always like, I wish I could go back to when I was 22 and do it all over again. Because what I know now, you know, it's like I would have been so successful so much earlier. And I'm like, that's not how this works, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And like, you should stop <laughs> thinking that. And what do you need to do now to become happy? I right? guess I was always kind of an old soul. I remember being like nine years old, and we had these giant rocks in the middle, in the front of our house and so i remember sitting on the rock it was like october and the leaves were falling and i was thinking to myself as nine-year-old man life is so short it's going by so fast it's so sweet <laughs> i think it was just weird i don't know no, little, I kind of, it's so I'm, cute to imagine yeah. little joseph like thinking that <laughs> and you are so wise and the stories you've told about your faith life as a as a youth like make that so apparent but that's what's always kind of driven me is like this life is short mm-hmm. That's kind of why I'm like I try to do as absolutely much as I possibly oh can every gosh. day because and this life is short. Everyone <laughs> like, is always it. saying, "I don't know how he does it." You know, he's at Cardinal Kong teaching. He's the chaplain. He runs the Ultimate Frisbee team. He does a podcast. He's now recording his sermons. He gives talks. He's a pastor. I mean, because everyone is, is amazed is at how short. you're able to do as much as you're able to do. Like, I don't want to be on my deathbed and be like, "Oh man, I wish well, I'd done this or that." You then, know? question, which is important as you get older and have sort things out. How do you incorporate leisure, like holy leisure, into your schedule? Well, I realized that leisure, leisure is a wonderful leisure is a wonderful gift, and there's there's two things that I get out of leisure that that enrich the rest of my life. One is connecting with God, especially in nature, mm-hmm. and the other one is connecting with other people and being able to edify them. <clears throat> like for example, this past Sunday, which is why I have this beaten up face, <laughs> I went hiking. Uh, with a really great group of of, uh, of families uh, from Cardinal Kong, and we had a really great time, and we had some of the most edifying conversations. You know, we were there on Sleeping Giant, and Sleeping Giant State Park. If you've ever been there in Connecticut, it's one of the best state parks ever. You can see so far, and we're just you know we're up there, and we're talking about God's glory, and we're talking about like different ways which we can approach faith through truth, beauty, and goodness, and and so like at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, that was really really leisurely, and we accomplished something. We brought souls closer to Christ. Yeah, that's the thing, doing God's will and sort of, you know, evangelizing and stuff, it doesn't have to be burdensome. I mean, it's like, it doesn't have to be just this, like, horrible um, experience. It can just be, a lot of time it has to do with, you know, just being in community and communing with other people. Yeah. 
the, the thing that I personally, like when I watch like TV shows, that's when I feel like I've wasted time. I agree. Because I'm like, I didn't get anything out of that. Like there's, there's nothing, there's no positive net effect on my life or life of anyone else. But yeah, that's somehow, just me. I, I I've like completely stopped watching TV in like the last year. I don't even care about sporting events anymore. Like we have an a, a episode on sports and I was like into the NBA finals at the time. This past year, I could not care less. I just have so many other things in my life that I need to do. And I, I never even have the time anyway to like sit down um, and watch TV. So I don't know if, if for people who are sitting and watching TV an hour, two hours, three hours every night, it's like... How about you just go get involved with like your church, you know, because people <laughs> always need people. There's like things you could be doing and focusing on and even things that may seem like a burden. Once you start them, if they're God's will, it will like transform your life. You know, really like, That's absolutely true. like um, our activities outside of work. Like I bet Paul can relate to this too. Things with youth group and C4C, mm. things you do. You're so C4C passionate about for Christ. your it's career. Org. But you you lead <laughs> these work. other organizations, right? And that's I, I'm sure a lot of the focus in your week, planning your meetings, right? Getting people together. What's the next thing? How do we bring more people in? And it just totally like elevates your life, I think, and really helps you impact your community in a beautiful way. Right, makes it outward focused. Yeah, your life outward focused. And I mean, I've I've been to enough funerals where like only six people show up, and I think, mm-hmm. man, I don't want to be that guy. You know, you be, will not be that guy, be Father guy Joseph. Where, a thousand people show up for the free food because <laughs> there better be oh, free man. food. At my people funeral. will be there for you. No, be there for the free food. For how many souls you've touched? So as you know, as we're getting uh, older, kind of, what do you kind of expect? Uh, like, how do you expect your spiritual life to change? How do you expect your rest of your life to change? Your relationships as you enter into midlife. Paul's looking flabbergasted, as if he's never considered no, I, this. Uh, no, I've considered it. It's just like. What do, what do I think? What, what, who cares what I think? I don't even know what I think. I don't care about what Well, I the think. listeners care what you well, think. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like... Because it's like, you know. if you have no opinion, get off the air. <laughs> right. No, it's like if you're... I don't know. I think if you start planning your future, I think you've... I think you can prepare and do things to advance maybe what you're being called to do, whatever, you know, okay. what you feel is God's will. But like to say, what do you think is going to be your prayer life in five years? I'm like, oh, my prayer life is tomorrow. Well, well, maybe I do, but... Well, then maybe a better question is, what's your goal at the age That's of 50? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think, like, so I think about death a lot, too, and just, like, on my deathbed, I don't want to, you know, like, you don't want to have the regret of, like, all right, I worried about all these, you know, and it puts things in, t- into perspective in terms of, like, what you're thinking about, your anxieties and things like that, because at the end of the day, like, what's important is the only thing that's going to be... The only thing that's going to matter is, like, whether or not you became a saint and you used your time, you know, in the way that God wanted you to. But um, I think that, like, God, in terms of a long life, you know, people who have to grow old and there's a lot of suffering in that, right? But time is... um, is, is like God's gift to allow us to learn how to love, like how to love properly. Um, That's a great quote. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard it from someone else, but it's, oh. I'm not saying, I'm not affirming <laughs> myself. Um, but like we, we are given a lifetime to learn how to love, you know? And so I think as a, as a child and as an adolescent and often in our 20s, 30s, I mean, you could be, in, you could be a baby when you're 80, you know, like in terms of the mm. uh, sort of how you approach life and, and, 
but we're often very selfish in our younger years. You can be very selfish in your older years too. That's for um, sure. But it's like I think that <laughs> God gives us, yeah. But God gives us a lifetime of decay. You know, essentially as you get older, right? Because it's it's a humbling experience. Like I think about that a lot in terms of you are when you get old, you're dependent on other people. You lose your hair. You lose your the color of your hair. You lose your ability to go out for a run. Like all of these things, you know, your body is just in decay. And so that is a very humbling experience of like, oh, hey, I'm not a god. Like I am actually dependent on God. Um, and that that like in and of itself is such a gift. So I think as you get older, hopefully you're thinking more about other people, like getting outside of yourself because you're realizing that like I am a frail person. I am I cannot, you know, like heal myself. I these things are happening to me. And so I need to implore my maker. Um and hopefully people as they get older, they don't like have that midlife crisis. They just they they kind of take sort of that awareness of the maybe imminence of death to as an opportunity to grow in relationship with God, which is the only thing that matters at the end of the day, you know, and to give of yourself. That's a great thought. That's a great thought. And I think you're right. I think you, you won't have a midlife crisis if your life is all about giving it away. Yep. Exactly. Mm. Cause you're just, there's so much joy in we're meant to like, that is the whole purpose of our lives to give it away as we see Jesus on the cross, you know? Um, yeah. and the gift of self, which we see through sort of, you know, marriage and children, the beginning of children, like that is what is our ultimate fulfillment. All these other pleasures are fleeting. Like everything is fleeting. You're going to get old and, and hurt and, and all these things. So, yeah. yeah. I was thinking I had a, a great pers- great ability to get a perspective on that a couple of years ago. So they were renovating the rectory at St. John's, as you know. Um, and so me and the pastor had to go and live at the priest's retirement home, which was an interesting experience, living with a bunch of guys who were in their 80s and 90s. And, and you know, some of them were very wise. But, but what struck me the most is that, so at the same time, I was working with Father Al Audette, who all of you know and love. Uh, he was, at the time, 88 years old. And still extremely active. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that never sleeps, Father Al. I mean, he's got to feed the cats at 4 a.m. <laughs> how to do it? He he's got to do it. He literally never sleeps. I don't know how this man, <laughs> this man functions. But, but it was interesting because as I'd sit around the dinner table at the the, the old priest's home, I don't know what else, <laughs> the priest retirement home, um, everyone would be talking about the past, the glory days of the 70s and 80s. You know, when they were active and everything, telling great stories of the past. But when I was with Father Al, he was like. So tomorrow I'm going to do this, you know, tomorrow we're going to do that. And today we're doing this great thing. And, and like, I was amazed at, he was still living. He wasn't living in the past. He was still living and he was living because he was giving himself away. He found, found things to do. It wasn't just, I'm holding up in my, you know, in my room with the TV on. Like he's, I was like, that's a good way to get it, get old, you know, is to not stop giving yourself. That's so true. I mean, he uh, was an air force pilot correct and and worked in the army and was married has children has grandchildren his wife passed then he became a priest after becoming a priest then he became a psychologist yes and saw patients while still being a priest yeah exactly went to school saw patients probably continues to see patients down in florida like he has never stopped seeking something else and i've heard people very close to him say he's the most interesting man they have ever met. he is absolutely the most interesting man alive he, in addition, he was ambassador to Portugal. He owns two patents and published seven books. 
Yeah. I, he's and I believe that he was an orphan too, right? He was so an orphan. He was an orphan. Yeah, yeah, so it's not like he hasn't gone through his fair share he of tr- suffering. He drives a red convertible. <laughs> he's met President Trump several times. True. Forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> loves his Trump. Very pro-life. Very yes. So many pro life homilies. But that's true. Like, and, and I think a lot of times, you know, like as you get older, it's like, oh, I'm getting old, you know, and you're kind of thinking back to the past. But there is there's hope, you know, in, in thinking about today and tomorrow and all the things that you can do for other people when you're not like in this sort of uh, mindset of self, you know, just self-pleasure and consumption. Yeah, yeah. I even find I have to catch myself, though, with even with like working with teens because I start telling stories. About the back in my day, good old days, the 90s. No, it's okay. Yeah, the 90s were great. They, they were to, great. They need to they? hear about the 90s. Yeah. They do. Yeah. These kids do. today missed out. Yeah. I'll tell you. They have no idea. Heads in the screens and everything. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. What's well, a floppy disk? Every now and then I'll <laughs> every now and then I'll go on YouTube and like watch like an episode of like Even Stevens. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. I used to watch that all oh, the yeah. time. That was a great yeah. show. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Paul did you didn't like Even Stevens? Hey Arnold. Hey, hey Arnold. Arnold. Anybody? Yeah, that's, that's All right. Great. Hey <laughs> Arnold was great. Yep. Yep. Rugrats, Full House. <laughs> Not Full House. Rugrats, yes. I'm very opinionated about my 90s TV. <laughs> <laughs> my parents don't think really let me watch Rugrats. I said it was too coarse. Recess. Yeah. My brother liked Recess. I wasn't as into it. That no. was on Saturday morning. So here we go. We're talking SpongeBob. about SpongeBob. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and there it is. Because it really was the pinnacle of pop culture. <laughs> Come on, Spice Girls, everybody. everybody. Good no, memories. Okay. Spice Girls, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I'm, not a, I'm not enthralled by 90s culture. Spice up your life. <laughs> I do identify as a baby. Every boy and every girl. You identify as a baby. I wasn't boy. allowed to listen to them. Uh, Spice Girls? Yeah. That's good. No second. I don't know. Really, you didn't listen to the second? Not until, like, I don't know, sixth grade. Maybe my mom turned on the radio in the car occasionally. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So everyone was talking about, like, Spice Girls in second grade. And I'm like, who are they? Oh, man. We were obsessed, Diane. I, of I know. I was Sporty Spice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given. <laughs> I remember that was your second grade year. Those were my high school years. But <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. Anyway. Man, everyone wanted to be Baby Spice. She was I don't even know who these Spice people Ginger, are. scary, posh. All right. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the I'm a little disturbed that but you I really that, was but. more into NSYNC. Oh, the boy bands, the boy bands boys. in the late 90s. In sync. I think that Millennium I by the Backstreet Boys is still one of yeah. the most best-selling albums of all time. I can see that. My I sister had a copy. We had, I mean, we had I wasn't allowed to listen to them. Oh, oh my God. Do you hear them now? They still play those songs. They're always like bangers Jesus, like at the bar. Jesus Pop. Everybody or, loves when they come no, out. No, there's. I, I'm, I'm familiar with them now. Exactly. So, yeah. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? I mean, I, I think I would say Backstreet Boys. All right. Th- that's a common choice. Isn't it? I, it's fine. <laughs> I want it that way. Who's that? Them. Backstreet yeah. Boys? Okay. Oh, was it? Was yeah. It I, I want it that way. Yeah, my brother and his three <laughs> college roommates did a uh, like a lip syncing thing video to that. You can find it on YouTube, actually. It's hilarious. I will have to look that up after. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's it's All right. totally worth watching. Anyway, so, <laughs> going, so back, going back to midlife talking, crisis. Talking about the midlife. So I'm mid-life. having my midlife crisis, and I'm 32, apparently, according to Father Joseph. So, <laughs> so have you at this point, being 32, and now myself being 38, and I, I won't reveal the ladies' ages because that's against the law, I believe. <laughs> have you achieved 33 Jesus year? Yeah, both of us. <laughs> Amen. Preach mm-hmm. sister. The year of Jesus. He accomplished a lot more in 33 years than we did. Mm. Mm, man. So yeah, <laughs> way to humble us. 
I know, right? But our 33 years aren't over yet, Lauren. So. True. It's true. You could die on a cross. No, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you achieved all the goals that you thought you would achieve, you know, at this point in your life? Like when you were, when you were like a teenager mm-hmm. and you had like, what, what am I going to be in 10 years, 15 years? Like, are you where you think, thought you would be? No. <laughs> really? No. What did you think you would be? I don't, like married with kids? Yeah, um, exactly. Married with kids. I, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of dating wildly, is still tough today. Wildly wealthy. Good men are hard to find. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying. <laughs> Good Catholic men. It's so hard. It's fair. And the culture just destroyed dating and everything. Yeah. But, you know, there's still hope. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's and I'm just... starting to meet better men now, finally. Good. But, um, yeah, I certainly thought I'd be married with children. I mean, I'll be honest. When I went through my conversion kind of experience at 16, I thought, like, all right, by the time I'm 30, like, I'll be this super saint. And it didn't Aww. happen. But, um, and, but you know, I guess that's why the Lord keeps us alive longer. So that's okay, yeah. Finish, he gives us the gift of time. Finish, yeah. The gift and of time it's telling for working. the people like Carla Lacutis who die so young. Yeah, yeah. Because we always think it's such a tragedy, but it's like, well, they're in heaven with mm. God. Like, they accomplished it. That's true. So it's a gift to them. They got it, yeah. Are you are you disappointed in, in the slow pace of your spiritual life or... Uh, me Is that no, frustra- frustrating. Well, I had no clue, right? Like I grew up going to mass every Sunday, but I didn't know what I was missing out on. Like I didn't know that it was up to me to learn more about my faith because just going to religious education and being confirmed, like I, I just didn't even know there was more to it. And then once you start diving in, there's always more. There's so much more. There's so many saints. There's so many things that tie back. It's absolutely amazing. And um, you know, I was only I really only started my spiritual life from my first spiritual exercises based on St. Ignatius of Loyola, which I would recommend to everyone to be introduced to the contemplative life, contemplative prayer, Mm. and just spending time with Christ. I mean, in adoration, I've said this so many times, if you haven't done it before, it probably seems super boring and a waste of time. God is everywhere. You know, everybody (laughs) says that, but putting yourself in front of Christ will transform you. It's like getting a sunburn. Yeah. Even when you don't feel anything, it's there. <laughs> That's a good point. Burning you. No, really. He, <laughs> you know. He, That's true. He transforms our heart. He alone. And he enters in and allows us to project himself out to others. And, I mean, I Amen. don't know. I, I've just seen it in my own life. People tell me it all the time. I've just been asked to do so many things, and I can give so much, I think, because because of that and I don't even do my prayer time every day I tell you guys that too like I need to do my prayer time so that's something certainly for me that if I can actually commit I've got over my big fear hurdle that I've mentioned in the past um, I don't know where that may take me or what God may ask me to do but that's really exciting yeah yeah I found too like when you when you start out on the spiritual life it's like it's like one of those curves like when you start out with anything like Playing guitar, for example, you make huge progress like in the first year of playing guitar, going from nothing to like, oh, now I can play like 10 chords, you know, whatever. But at a certain point, your progress kind of levels out and you only grow like slightly. So like I've had people come to me who have been really following the Lord for 20 years and they're like, like, why have I, why have I plateaued? And I'm like, well, because it's just because the growth is so minute because the Lord doesn't have to do a major renovation in your spiritual house. You know, now it's just fixing the trim. I think that's so true. And and sometimes he gives us big graces, right? Especially in the beginning to like show us because we need to be shown. Yeah. We are loved, right? Truly, deeply. That's at the core of a lot of people's issues, I think. Um, But then other times you may not because you don't need the grace, like a a big sign of the grace, like the grace is given, but you may not be receptive to it or may not realize you got that grace until much later because you are more spiritually mature. Yeah. You should just know God is present and that he's going to give back to you what you give to him. 
by spending that time, by going on that retreat, you know? And I think sometimes, too, you have to be careful about, like, because I've done this in, in my own spiritual life of judging, like, oh, I think I should be, like, much further advanced or whatever. But it, then it becomes, like, a pride thing of, like, I'm, like, you know, white-knuckling this and, and, you know, trying yeah. to, to make my own way. And really it's not, like, about me. It's about God, like, working through me. So, um, you know, that's something that people can fall into. That's very true. Yeah. I would say that one of the things that I I certainly didn't even know existed, so it's a little different, but to think about, well, first of all, when we were in high school, podcasts didn't exist, so there's that. Um, <laughs> they didn't until we were in college, I think. Um, but just being able to, having like a young adult community, being involved, like as, as much as I am in like the church, I thought that's like an old lady thing, like the old ladies do the church stuff. Mm. Um, and it's not true, and it's even more not true now. Um, I think it's evolved quite a bit. Um, and so that's that's something that I had never imagined I'd be doing when I was in my teens, and it's great. Like I didn't, we didn't have a youth group in my town. We didn't have. I didn't know we had adoration once. Yeah, yes, that's awesome. Right, and then I went to Brooklyn. I moved to Brooklyn. There's all these awesome like Catholic people that I had no idea even existed. I'm like, who are you people? <laughs> and they're doing all this stuff, and I'm like, I'm lost. I had no idea. This is ten years ago. I had no idea. And I was like very lonely. I was in New York City, like working eighty hours a week and or more. And then I found these people, and they just like welcomed me in. And some of them are still my some of my best friends. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, and they introduced me to. Uh, it was kind of like trial by fire, or drinking from a fire hose, or whatever your favorite idiom is. And um, <laughs> and uh, and it worked. Uh, I don't know. It kind of worked from that perspective, and brought me in. And cool. And it's been, uh, you know. Struggle ever since? No, but I <laughs> Christ makes all things new. Amen. So here's our last question. You have to answer it in, in like 10 seconds or less. Um, do you have any fears about getting older or, or anything that you're looking forward to about getting older, midlife and past? Hopefully a deeper trust and surrender to God. Fear would be just getting to my deathbed and realizing that I did not use my time the way that I should have. Ooh. Ouch. Yikes. Yeah, yeah scary. That's a serious one. Mm. I was thinking like going bald, but. <laughs> well, that's already happening. To you, Lauren? <laughs> oh, to, to me. Oh, wow. to me. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. No, I actually Alex, like rub my true. head Alex throughout. The, I rub my head throughout this podcast and I got like a bunch of hair on my hands. Like, oh, oh Paul, man. No, Paul doesn't yeah. even have a gray hair it's on Falling out by, by the, the clump. No. He's, he's doing all right. No, it's coming out. It's coming out. I think about like losing my strength. Like I go to Orange Theory and on the rower, the rower is like so much power and I'm like, oh. How many years like ahead do I have that I can keep beating my PRs before I just can't anymore? Mm. You know, but it's mm. just life. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I can't wait for is I can't wait to get to that age where I can say whatever I want and there's no consequences. What do you do now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, oh no! The, now, now the bishop calls me if I say yeah, something. Yeah, that's wrong. true. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> but you know, when I was father, when I'm Father Al's age, I can preach whatever right. I want. Um, and he did. He did. He did. I would say that I'm, I'm really, I'm really hopeful for the future. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what's in store, and good, and that's fine. Praise God. Yeah, that's awesome. So thanks for joining us on this episode of Restless, which kind of reflecting on our life, past, present, and future, and. It's a life of trust. We just have to say, Lord, our lives are in your hands, but make sure that you, you don't have a midlife crisis by giving your life away. Because when your life has meaning and purpose, you won't need to seek for more meaning and purpose because our purpose is to found in God and in service to one another. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Restless. You can find us on 1350 Catholic 
1350 AM. Veritas Catholic Network. Network. And wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time.